Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted change maker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hey friends, welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. We are elated to be here today with Sophia Para. Sophia is a social media strategist with a proven record for increasing a brand's following, engagement, and reach. Her clients have tripled attendance at their free events, gone from 800 followers to 50,000 followers, increased opportunities for podcasts, magazines, and even TV features. At the top of 2020, one of her clients had a six-figure launch from her DMs. She's also the creator of the online subscription, What the Heck to Post, best name ever, gotta say, (laughs) where she helps members stop falling victim to the algorithm and was most recently seen talking DM strategy on Forbes. Welcome. We are so excited. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> Yay! And you are you are already speaking our language before we hit record. We we're talking about this September vibes of just like, okay, summer's over. Let's get to work. <laughs> Hustle. <laughs> I feel it. Fellow yeah. Enneagram 3, you're like, I'm an Enneagram 3 which is perfect because our first question that we always ask is like, do you identify with any characteristics of any sort of personality or energy typing systems like the Enneagram, like human design, DISC, astrology, like could be anything. Oh my God. I already told us. Yeah. I, first of all, that's such a good question too, because I was just joking with my husband. Um, My husband is like, the total opposite of me. Like how we ended up together, I do not understand. Like he does not like woo-woo at all. He's like, doesn't get any of this stuff, like human design, all that stuff. He's like, what? He's like, Sophia, this is so weird. Why are you even like doing this quiz? <laughs> is he a five? Um, oh my God, that's so funny that you just said. I think <laughs> if I were to like guess, because again, he's like not into it. I think if I remember correctly, I did him his test once. And I think I came out with, with an eight. Mm-hmm. The okay. challenger, which one's the challenger? Eight. Such an eight. Yeah. yeah, an eight. And I, so like he, he has a lot of like challenger energy, you know, but we could never know because he doesn't, con- I, I don't even know when he was really born. Like, you know what I mean? I know his birth date, but like the time, like he's right. his mom, like gives me a different time every time. Like no one in his family has any idea. I love but um, I was just talking to him about this 
And I was like saying, I'm so excited to be on this podcast because like they get, they'll get me. Like, I'm like, when I talk to you about this stuff, you just like give me like blank wall energy, but like, they're going to get me. (laughs) We get you. (laughs) But yeah, a three, I'm definitely a three. I'm actually brand new to human design, but I was like stunned by how accurate I got a manifesting generator and I cannot, like, I'm so excited to incorporate some of what I learned about myself, like into my business, because like, that was so accurate. So I feel like those are the two that I, you know, align with the most. I'm so into this. So what about being a manifesting generator uh, is like exciting and makes you feel like, okay, I'm bringing this into my business. Yeah. So particularly in like the system side of things, right? So for example, I, I like, I love relationship building. Like my entire business was built off of relationship building. Like I use social media very differently than a lot of social media strategists. I'm not about like mass numbers. I'm more about like quality of conversation and coming up with ways to create those conversations. Um, so that stuff, like I'm very, I love, I'm very good at, What I learned about a manifesting generator is like a lot of things can, like when you're passionate about something, like a lot of things can feel so important and it can just be like, you can put all of your energy into something and spend like all day on this one thing. And, but then everything needs you. So you're feeling, you get kind of drained because you kind of need to do it all, or at least that's what you're telling yourself. And so I have now actually in this past week, like identified places where I truly do not need to be involved. And I need to kind of stop being like the leader in those parts of my business and put a wall so that before I'm even like the problem, I'm not aware of the quote unquote problem until it is actually a problem, right? Someone else is like kind of fielding those emails, those customer service emails and giving them results and giving them direction before it gets to me so that my energy is not just being drained on those things. And I can actually put energy towards things that I love doing that. I know I really need to be a part of that. My like assistant can't be a part of. So that was the first thing that I did. I, because like I work in a membership, I'm like, I love hearing from members. So that meant I was like, I'm going to do all the customer service emails because every time I get a reply, I want to talk to them. (laughs) And then it turned into this thing where it's like, people have tech issues and things that I don't know anything about. And I was just like the wrong person to be manning that. So that was the first thing that I'm doing. (laughs) Okay. But you love it. So like as, as the generator part of your manifest Mm -hmm. generator, you love it. So are you going to add something in where you can talk to these people? But you know what I mean? To keep that because like, then, Oh my God, become less fun if you don't get. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. And yes, well, I'm already talking to them so much. Like Mm -hmm. I, we have a Facebook group every time they have a social media question, like I'm in there, I check it every day. So I'm in there answering the questions every day. Um, and then we like, every time I send a, put a, an email to so them, like, this is what we've got going on this month. I'm like, reply with the, this, if this is how you're feeling, right. I'm still doing that stuff because that's more about like the content of the membership. Do you know what I mean? So that I'm still leading the pack <laughs> and that's where I want to be, but I'm also being very clear. Like I, sh- I'm not the, the one who should be fielding tech questions. Do you know what I mean? Like that should go straight to Matt, who's a genius at that. And that's, he gets all turned on by it. You know what I mean? I'm like, you go do that. Love that. I cannot, that's not where my joy is, do you know? Mm. So it's just like, I've never asked myself that question. Like, where do I feel joy? I, I truly have never considered that. Where am I like getting so excited about my work and where am I not? And like, how can I make shifts so that 
when I show up to work every day, I'm doing all the things that are making me so excited because no wonder I get burnt out so quickly. Like, no, when I look at my seven years in business, I have gone through burnout so many times and I never understood why I was like, I'm such a bad business owner. I'm doing something so wrong. And I've just like, from doing this work, I'm seeing why I'm getting drained, right? Cause I'm not as like, I, everything feels important, but I'm not, but not everything feels joyful. Right. So I kind of have to look at where there's overlaps and where there's not overlaps and know to delegate where, where there's no overlap. So, yeah. the, the difference between importance and joyful, right? Yeah. Like, and also like, I mean, if you, if it's important, that, that might not mean you should do it, right? Important doesn't necessarily mean my job. I also, I was going to ask how long you've been in business. So you've been in business for seven years and you're just about to stop doing customer service. <laughs> I know everyone, you know, I guess it's like, technically it was like the end of 2016, but it was like a December. So I I guess technically it's 2017. So maybe that's six years. I can't do math in public, but, (laughs) but, but yeah, I, you know, I think that actually here's the difference. I have tried to stop doing customer service before. Right. But because I, I don't know. I, I, I called myself a control freak. I called myself a micromanager. I called myself like, I was a lot of like judgment around, um, I I couldn't let them go. And I was making that mean something about my personality and like something that I needed to fix and something that was wrong with me. And this is kind of why I find, you know, the Enneagram and human design and things like that to be so helpful because it, it highlights things that, are just part of your personality. They're what make you electric. You know what I mean? And it's like to, to understand that these aren't necessarily things that mean you're bad or you've done something wrong, but they are things to understand so that you can show up in the best way that you can. And that I just didn't have those tools. So instead I was just, I couldn't let it go. I didn't know why I couldn't let it go. I just felt like I wasn't made for business, but here I was just doing my best. Do you know what I mean? And it was just such a hard road. And so now I'm like gracefully letting it go because I understand why I shouldn't be doing it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the wisdom that comes through direct experience of like, this is so painful. Yeah. Why am I doing this to myself? I don't want to do this anymore. And then moving forward. But the like, so as a fellow three, I do this thing where I attach my own like worthiness and, um, deservedness to how much I've done and often how hard it was. So like the bigger, the struggle, the more like I deserve that nap today, but you know what I mean? (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, this is so sick, actually, when I think about it. But like I, like at the end of the day, like I find myself unable to stop checking my emails or like doing some work because I'm not tired enough. And I'm like, I have to, like when I go to sleep, I have to be exhausted. Like my head has to hit the pillow, you know? And it's like, and I'm now aware of that. So I'm now catching myself say that and like, like trying to make adjustments for that and and, and also like handle myself with like some compassion. Cause like, I've never been the kindest to myself. If I'm being honest, it's like, if I'm not achieving, i just don't think I'm doing enough. And like, like, that's like a typical three thing. But like, for me, 
yeah, it's about how tired I am at the end of the day. I can't take a vacation until I'm so burnt out or like that kind of mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. I can so relate to that. I think it's so interesting because so many of us are in business for ourselves so we can like exist in our zone of genius and do things that excite us. And so like even the hardest things, if it's what like that might come really easy to you. Right. So it's like you're almost like Shondi, you're and and also you probably Sophia, you're like almost asking yourself to do things that don't come naturally so that you feel like you're achieving. But if you just like rest into what you're good at, you probably achieve more anyway. And then like, you'll be less tired if the shit you're doing is exciting and lights you up. So it's like, you're, it's like, you're, I feel like this is, and I'm not always about like, let's get down on the patriarchy, although like probably we should, but this feels like so much of like, just leftover conditioning of like, oh yeah, what like success feels like struggling hard and then retiring at a, a young age, but being so burnt out that you're like as sick as you would be as like an 80 year old or something, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. You know, I, I actually was listening to a podcast where they were, this is actually where, when I, like, I had just find out, found out I was a manifesting generator. So I was like listening to a podcast about human design as you do when you get into something, right? And, um, and so they made a really good point and they were saying like the world trains generators, like they, like the world is like set up for uh, like a generator. Right. And it got me thinking about how I was raised. And I actually grew up in, I don't know if you know this about me. I don't talk about this too much, but I actually grew up in Southeast Asia in an international school system. So I mm-hmm. lived like, I had to travel quite a bit because of my dad's job. And I was there for like 18 years. So it's like my entire childhood. I was in an international school system. And the school, like at the moment, like when I was there, I didn't know any better. I was there my entire life, right? But when I came back to the States and I kind of understood people's like different experiences at school, I could not believe I had like six hours of homework every night, right? I was like getting home from school at like seven or eight from like sports and things like that. And then I had like, I was like up until like, 12 to 2 a.m. almost every single night on a bad night. And then on a good night, it was like three to four hours. So it was still like, I'm like, what, you know, maybe 12, 13, going to bed at like 11, 12, because I'm trying to get my homework done. You know what I mean? And it was just, that has completely trained me for today, right? I am now, it is so crazy to think that you can get your work done before 11.30 p.m. Like what? That sounds absolutely bananas to me sometimes. Like I have to, again, remind myself, but because I did that for how long, right? That is just like how I exist in this world. And it's just so bananas when you actually think about what parts of your childhood totally trained you and put these some of our habits that we have as business owners into play. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. And sometimes I think about like, what is the origin? Where did like the personality come from where we can consistently land on like the three and that pattern that is aligned with that personality keeps showing up, keeps showing up. Did it come from our childhood and how we were raised? And I think there's something to that. Like if I look at my own childhood and what I saw my dad doing as he was a business owner and it was like struggle and like long, hard days and all this like friction around money and accomplishment and success on the surface. And like, what did I internalize from seeing that as 
a young child. And like you're saying, like to be in this pattern of working till 1130 at night as like a kid, yeah, what that does to your adult brain. Like we're just, yeah. And like you said, Dawn, like there is, I think patriarchy pieces where we're, we're really like unbrainwashing ourselves from Oh my gosh. Layer by layer. (laughs) Big layer by big layer. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I think like, I mean, what I've noticed, and again, I don't know if this is the case for everyone, but I feel like people also tend to have this like, like moment, right. Where they kind of wake up out of it and they're like, what the fuck am I, I don't know if I can, I hope I can swear, but like, what the fuck, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Like, and for me, again, my husband and I total opposites. Like, I mean, I'm like so in love with that guy, but we are such opposites. Like we are just like constantly butting heads on stuff like this. But part of it is because we had such a different upbringing, right? Like he, first of all, he was like, so telling me he'd maybe have like an hour and a half of homework, like maybe. And like, just like, just different. I don't want to say work ethics. He's a hard worker, but he doesn't have that same, like, oh, I need to go to bed, like barely like crawling into bed, like everything hurts. Like he doesn't have that same need that I do. So it's like, we're just like totally different. Right. But he, he was telling me like, this is a, a few years ago now, you know, we were moving into a new apartment and I, again, was like, we didn't have internet. Okay, this is, I, when I ever tell a story, I just, my like, God, Sophia, your sickness goes so deep. <laughs> but I was like, we didn't have an internet, uh, internet in our new apartment. So I was like, I'm going to spend the night in our current apartment because the lease doesn't end until Friday. Yes. The AC and all that stuff like was not working anymore because all that had been shut off, but I had internet. Okay. So I'm like in winter New York city, freezing apartment. I just had all the blankets so that I had access to the internet just in case something were to need me at work. Right. Mm. So Bradley's in his new, our new apartment. And he's like sending me these videos. Like, I miss you. He's like, this apartment's so cozy. Like, like, I can't wait for you to see it tomorrow. This and that. I'm in my apartment, like underneath like blankets freezing. And I was just like, okay, love you. The next day I have a podcast and I have, I wake up bright and early to get work done again, around the clock, like always I, I, I was worse then than I am now. And I get this message from, he, he's a, um, a trainer at a, at the time he was at a boxing facility. Now he works at Peloton, but at the time he was like, you know, coaching people for boxing. So he was like up at 6.30 in the morning or something for a class. And I get this message from work and like, Bradley's not feeling well, he's coming home. Okay, like normal enough, right? So I am home, again, not thinking anything of it. I'm so in my job, right? In the work that I'm doing that I realized two hours later have gone by and he's not home yet. And I'm like, that's weird. He's maybe 23 minutes away, like 23 minutes exactly because we've calculated before. So I'm like, he's really close. He's not that far. Turns out, and like long, long, long story short, like I call him, I'm like, where are you? He's totally slurring. And I'm like, like, he sounds so drunk, right? And even though it's like, again, he doesn't drink and it's 730 in the morning. So I'm pretty sure he's not drunk, but he sounds not so good. And he's like, I don't know where I am. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, aren't you on your way home? And he's like, he's like, yeah, but I can't find home. I don't know where home is. And I was like, okay, describe the buildings around you, right? So he describes the flat iron where... Yes, he works next door to the Flatiron. So for the past two hours, he has not moved more than like a block. 
And he doesn't know where he is, even though he's worked at that job for what, two to three years. We've lived at that time, lived in New York city for 10 years. Like he knows what the flat iron is. And he describes the flat iron. He's like, it's like a triangle and it's like a building. And there's like a lot of people. And I'm like the flat iron. He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, the subway is like right next door. Right. Long story short, he makes his way to the subway, comes home. He is not looking good. And it takes a few days, but we learn he had a stroke, right? He has lost his short-term memory. He, um, like, he's just not himself. He has a really crazy temper. Um, we, I took him to get his cognitive test. He doesn't know what a giraffe is. Like things that like, we know, like he can't subtract a uh, six from 100. Like it, he's just like, like, he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like he has no idea. And anyways, stroke no short-term memory. And I'm sitting here feeling like I'm faced with this, this, this worry, this concern that I'm never going to see him again, because even though he is sitting in front of me, like he's nothing like the person that I was married to, right. He had a very short temper. Like I had said, he was forgetting everything. He was frustrated with himself, like poor guy, you know what I mean? And I have this feeling like, Oh my God, I'm never going to see you again. And this was devastating for me. Of course. I was like bawling every single night. He had no idea. And I was just like going through a really hard time. And the worst part of it all was like, I was thinking like, oh my God, the last night I had with him, I was in my fucking apartment working, no, no, like electricity, no, nothing. I'm like working on the clock. I chose to do that. Right. Instead of spending my last night with my husband. Right. And there is like this whole, like just guilt that I felt right. Six months later, his memory came back. Like all the things came back. He's doing really well. Everything's okay. It worked out. But it was such a scary moment that this 32-year-old guy like has this stroke, loses short-term memory. And I realized just all of these things that I was doing, I was like, I'm not living a life that I have I, chosen, right? This is not my choice, you know? And, and that just really kind of put things into perspective for me and helped, and helped me. I got, I found out what, you know, Enneagram number I was. I found out all those things because I was like, I have to freaking, like, what's wrong with me? Like, there's something wrong with me. So this is when I kind of looked through my patterns and tried to understand and make sense of why I was choosing those things so I could make a different choice. But I feel like there's always that moment, right? That kind of makes you wake up and see a little bit more clearly. And I think as hard as those moments are, they can be such lifesavers, right? I am so fortunate it worked out. It could have not, it could have not. And I don't know what I would have done, to be honest, but it did work out. And I'm like grateful every single day. And our life. Like that's when I shut down my agency. That's when I went all in on my membership. Like that's when I completely revamped everything. Cause I was like, I have felt for a moment what it was like to lose everything and I need to make a change. Right. And I'm just like grateful that I had that. I don't even know how we got on that topic, but I'm just grateful that I had that like wake up moment. And I feel like even don't wait for that to happen, to make a change. Do you know what I mean? I think like, again, it, it's life. It moves so fast. My dad died really unexpectedly. Like things happen. And it's like, this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about relationship building on social media, instead of posting content three times a day to get clients, because does anyone choose to do that? I'm pretty sure they don't, <laughs> you know, instead let's try to leverage something that feels good for us versus, Oh, come up with a content idea. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. So that's kind of how I got into this different direction. Whoa. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And the way we got into this conversation was we were talking about like this childhood patterning of needing to work your butt off till midnight in order to like be a success. Right. And this also makes, while you were talking, I was like, I want, so here's my question. How has, has, how about not how, has your idea of what it means to be successful shifted since you went through that experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I have to be honest, there was a point where it was all about money. Like, like I, I thought that with the money would come the time. (laughs) So I, I don't know where that came from, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll just make a ton of money. And then somehow my day is just like, what? Just like clear out. Like, I don't know where the logic came from. So what ended up happening is I was building, I didn't know this, but I was building a business that needed me at all hours. Right. And, um, now my, like, I truly feel like if I'm making X doesn't even matter what it is. If I'm making X, but I am working all of the time, that's not success for me. Like I really have to feel like I have quality time with my partner that I'm walking my dogs that like some of, even I hate cooking. I, I hate it with a passion. Like I'm like, I can hear my husband rolling his eyes in the next room. Cause I was about to say cooking dinner. And he was like, you just fucking cook dinner. What the fuck? <laughs> but I try to cook dinner. I'm just very bad at it. Okay. But I like to be able to feel like, you know what? If I want to cook dinner today, I can cook dinner today where I, that wasn't even an option before. And I, so I think for me, like I need that slow, that slowness to feel truly successful. And that was huge for me because I'm not kidding. It was about being in Forbes, making X money, like just all the accolades. Like that was what I was after. And now if I have all that, but I don't have like a holiday with my husband, like multiple times a year, because we have that ability. It's just won't feel like success for me. So it's absolutely shifted. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had to go through that in order to get to that, but I'm glad you did. Thank you. I'm glad I did too. (laughs) And I think you're right that we all have that moment of reckoning or multiple. Mm. I feel like I've had multiple, like, shake the universe shaking me awake moments where like something's got to change. So when you decided like, okay, the thing that's going to change, the thing that's going to help me create more freedom and ease and to be able to spend more time with my hubs and be fully present is to shut down the agency, go all in on the membership. I'm so curious what that felt like and what it looked like. And if there was ever any doubt or you found yourself like creeping back into agency land, cause that's what you knew. Like, yeah. what was that like? I think in some ways I'm still transitioning through this, right? Because it took a few years still after his stroke. So like, just to put a time, time zone, like time zone, um, like a time frame on this, right? He had a stroke in 2019, And I like, I couldn't shut down the agency right away because I would, he didn't work for a year. He couldn't. Right. So I was the only one making money for multiple years. And at the agency, I didn't want to like make a huge risk in my business. Like at that time, it wasn't the right time, but I had plans too. So I knew when it was the right time I would know, and I would make the shifts. Right. So I probably didn't fully come into effect until 2021 when he went back to work. 
And so it, I still feel in some ways, like I I'm about to hit one year of telling my agency clients that I was shutting down in three months. Right. So it's just like, I'm not even a full year of not having agency clients. Right. And that whole thing continues to be terrifying because you're so right. I have habits. I have like, I knew that business model, like the back of my hands. Like I felt if I needed a client, I knew where to get a client. Like there was a lot of things that I just really felt like clarity and comfort around, even though it was make a lot of the work, not my clients. My clients were amazing. I loved my clients, but it was just, the work was just taking a lot out of me. And I knew it wasn't fully aligned anymore. And, but it's so hard not to get back like go back in those directions. Like I still get emails from old clients and people who knew me as someone who had an agency before being like, hi, like I'm ready to hire you for this and that. Like, like how, like, what's your rate? And I have to talk, oh, I'm not open for business. And they're, and they were, they will give me some crazy number. Be like, well, what if we paid you this? And I'm like, God, this is so hard to say no to. But like, I'm like, no, like this is not what I'm like here for anymore. Like I'm just, that's not what I'm doing. And so saying no to that has been probably the hardest thing, right? And I swear I'm getting tested all the time. And I also think I have learned, you know, sales, like sales conversations are so different depending on what the offer is, right? And I was selling like a high ticket offer. Now I'm selling a low ticket offer. And that whole, I mean, that has given me so much growth as a business owner because I had really gotten the hang of selling high ticket. Like, I felt like I knew how to do it. I knew how to have those conversations. I understood my people really well. And now I'm, I have new objective obje- objections. I have new um, moments, like areas where I feel like I can see, I need to be clearer in how I communicate my value. I have new contexts where I need to just like get in front of these people. Like there's so many like small, it seems like they'd be small shifts, but they're actually massive. Right. And And so I feel so still like I am learning so much every single day. And that in itself as a three is the worst thing in the world. I hate being a beginner. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. I want to be the expert. I want to know how to do everything. Like, it's so annoying feeling like, like I'm figuring something out. Right. But I try to be very honest with people because like, you know, inside of my membership, we are very like, we're all building businesses and I'm very transparent about this stuff. I have a podcast called, that's coming out soon, called Marketing Unfiltered. And part of it is because I want people to be very unfiltered. Like, where did you fucking bomb this month? Like, where, like, let's talk about that instead of just making it everyone sound like we're all like such experts and everyone else is figuring it up and not us, hair flip. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that, you know? So I'm very honest about like, I'm so lucky to have a thriving membership, but I have goals that are like six times what I have right now. You know what I mean? And I'm okay with owning that, but also I have a lot of learning to do to get to that point. And I am, I'm in the middle of it. So it's been insanely difficult. I tell my husband, it's like learning how to speak Greek while being expected to speak it fluently. It's like just such a mind fuck. (laughs) Whoa, that's a great analogy. And thank you for your honesty. Um, yeah. Cause that's a huge shift. That's like totally yeah. different business model, totally different objections, like you said, and conversations. So I guess we should probably talk about social media. <laughs> I can just like, talk about all the things all day long, but you mentioned that 
you are so big on relationships, mm-hmm. not about posting three times a day, not about like doing everything the way so-and-so tells you to do, but like building relationships and, and you talk about like engagement too, in an interesting way. So I'd love to touch on that. But yeah. first off relationships, what does that look like? And specifically yes. I'm like, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, but then I have to be on Instagram all day, like commenting <laughs> on everyone's stuff and um, yeah. direct message. Like, oh my God, what, what do I even say? Yeah. So those are my objections. <laughs> I love your objections. They're also the objections I hear a lot. So you're, <laughs> you're in good hands with this one. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much uh, because you're right. I do relationships and engagement mean different things for me, right? And I think for me, a relationship is actually a conversation, right? Like that's kind of how you can measure like, is this really a relationship? I have a goal to speak to, to have one genuinely helpful conversation a day, right? Just one. If I have done one, Mm -hmm. I have done my job for the day and I can sign off. If I have done one and I'm like, you know what? I still have some energy. I actually feel like I can be in this zone a little bit longer. I'll do three or four, whatever it is, right? But my goal every day is to have one genuinely helpful relation, uh, conversation every day. That's That will turn into 365 a year if you want to do one every Saturday and Sunday as well. And if I am converting at 10%, right? Like, again, that, that'd be a great conversion. That's 36 new clients, right? Of conversations that maybe I have a conversation in January and that client doesn't convert to November because now they're really feeling ready. And like, it doesn't matter. I'm not like, The point is that opportunity for conversion would never have happened if we did not have a conversation, right? And here's the thing that I'm realizing, right? People are confused on social media. They think it's a content app, but it's actually a social app, right? We are there actually for conversation. Everything is designed to leverage conversation. The algorithm works based off of the conversation you have. Your content is pushed to buy to the people that you actually interact with. They have to demonstrate an interest in you for them to see your content. So we spend hours on one post and then maybe respond to comments. And that's how we show up in a day. It is no wonder we are burnt out and not seeing a conversion rate because what you should be doing is really spending 30 minutes on a post. I'm not saying post crap, right? I'm just saying like train yourself to get to the point where you're not overthinking, which is usually what's making it take three hours to create a post. You're not looking at all the details. No one else freaking notices, like only you're even looking at, right? And if you can't get to that point, because like, let's be real, I know not everyone can. How can we show up for the part we have to show up for and delegate the rest? Like for example, my assistant, very good designer, right? I suck at editing reels. I suck at them. I love reels. I can find all the trending audios. I can do all the clips. I have so much fun doing that. So I film them and I shoot them over to her so that she puts it together and posts it for me, right? Now, it took me a while to come up with that system. But the reason I came up with that system is like, if I'm only allowed to spend 30 minutes on a post, how can I make this possible for me, right? So the point is, give yourself 30 minutes per post. And that's like a lot, okay? I have to say, like, if you're actually focused, that's a lot of time. A lot of people are like, minutes. I take two hours or whatever. Like then you're not focused. You're overthinking. You're looking at details. No one is noticing. And that's the problem. It's not the content. It's not social media. It's that's the habits you have on social media. Right. So what I suggest is 
take 30 minutes to, to create the content. And hopefully you're going to get to a point where maybe one takes 30 minutes, but a lot of them are taking like 10, 15, like a lot of these reels, for example, can be like busted out quickly, especially right now, because they're not the popular ones actually are not highly edited ones. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's a lot of ways we can get stuff out quicker. We can repurpose an old post. We can, oh, this email did really well. You know what? I'm going to take that, make that my caption and throw up a photo. Like there's a lot of stuff we do not have to overthink so that we are taking that time that we're spending on content, turning down the dial on that and turning up the dial on how we create a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you create a conversation, right? Because you're like, wait, but don't I have to post content so that people are like, oh, I want to talk to this person. Sometimes, sometimes that can be how it starts, right? Like, especially if you're just starting out, you have no audience and you're just trying to like, you know, generate some kind of a message, right? I understand that it might feel like you have to start that way. And like, I'm going to let every, everyone's different. And I, I'm not speaking to everyone individually. So it's hard to just give a blanket response to that. But sometimes it's just about getting in front of other, other audiences. Like let's say today, let's say I didn't have, I, you know, we, we met right through a mastermind, like networking group, right? We, we had an exchange there. You didn't really have to look at content to know that I knew what I was talking about because there was a conversation that happened. Right. So maybe it's about getting in front of another audience, right? Sharing your message that way to grow, to grow a, an audience. And you don't even have to post content for that, right? Maybe you're posting once a week just to have something there, but you're actually putting focus on building relationships, getting in front of other people, right? So maybe that's how we're building an audience. Now, when it comes to how the content turns into a conversation, here's something I do once a week, right? I put up a poll in my Instagram story, because after posting a lot, I have seen that I get the most traction in my Instagram story. It's something I have learned over time. It used to not be the case. So just be aware of that, right? I put up an Instagram story, like question or quiz sticker. And I say something like, Hey, like what's something you're really struggling with right now? A, I'm making this up, like A, selling in the DMs, B, this, C, that, D, that, right? People vote depending, right? I have a lead magnet for each of those things, right? So I can now say, oh my gosh, I see that you're struggling with selling in the DMs. You know what? I actually have a um, three-page PDF that shares my process for selling in the DMs and gives you an opportunity to make it your own. Do you want me to send you the link, right? So now that's my one conversation. I had, let's say one person respond my quiz sticker. I sent them something to help. They were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Now they're on my email list. Now I can follow up with that person in seven days and say, hey, how is that PDF? Did you find it helpful, right? Now, again, that one conversation, I am now the person who asked what they needed, gave them something to help them, have not even sold anything. I have tr- I've shown up as someone who cares about the success of this person, right? This is the process of building trust. And let me tell you, people do not buy from people they do not trust. That person... I can post helpful content all day long. So is everyone else, right? All these other people are posting helpful content all day long, but they haven't said one word to this person. Mm. I am posting helpful content. I also have spoken to this person. I've also checked in on this person. I've also given this person a resource. I've also invited them onto my email list. I also send great stuff over my email. There is so many more deeper touches happening to build a relationship that is actually in a position to convert when it's time to convert. Mm. So that is just like, there's so many more. Like I have another one. I'll just quickly say that. So I know I've kind of rambled a little bit, but 
I like I every person that comes in, I mentioned earlier, like getting in front of new audiences, like I have what I call a welcome DM, right? And this is one of the strategies that I teach um, in this like masterclass. It's a totally free class. I can share it at the end. But I call I call this a welcome DM. When I get a new follower, I welcome them similarly to that quiz sticker, right? I'm like, hi, I'm I'm so excited you're here. I'm a social media strategist for coaches. And I look, I gotta be honest with you. Like, I don't want you to be, I don't want this to be a page where you're you just follow and like don't really learn anything. Like, I actually want to help you with your problems. Like, I want to help you with your social media marketing. I want you to see a result for me in 90 days, whether you become a client or not, or not. So can you tell me which of these are you struggling with? And I'm going to share something to help you right now, right? And it's A, B, C, same thing. Whatever it is, I have lead magnets for all of them. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a lead magnet, I have a tip I can share. If I don't have a tip I can share, I have a post I did three months ago that I can share with them. I'm not creating any new content for them. I'm not doing any coaching in the DMs. I have content readily available because I thought about the questions I'm asking. I've thought about how it aligns with my membership. And I know if they are a right fit for any, any, any of these things, they are a right fit for my programs, for my, whatever it is. And when it is time to invite them into a free webinar or whatever it is that where they're going to learn about that, I will know that. Right. But right now this is about making sure they feel safe enough to talk to me. They understand that I actually care about their success. I'm not, it's not a bait and switch. I'm here genuinely because I want to give them something that's going to help them. I've put love into my content. I know it can be a service to them. And this is about building a relationship and creating a space that feels safe for them to talk to me. Oh, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And now we're done because yeah. there's nothing else you need to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, oh, that's so good though. Like, because mm-hmm. how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. People also, I think are sick of the like, pedestaliness of teacher, mentor, coach, online business guru sort of personas and that you are real human, reach out to them. And like, you have a back and forth dialogue. You're right. Most do not do that. Yep. They really, really don't. Myself included. Like I'm terrible. (laughs) Well, disclosure, totally. But but when you talk about social media in this way, I feel myself like softening toward it. Mm-hmm. Like this could be really fun. This, yeah, yeah. Approach. I was just gonna say I have a logistics question, which is that mm-hmm. you follow up a week later. Yeah. How do you remember to do that? Oh, good question. So I do my, I have Friday follow-up days. So I have a day on my calendar where it's like an hour and it's like, I just know that's what I'm doing. Right. So it's in my, it's in my calendar, but I also, so inside, I don't have my phone in front of me because it's charging, but inside your DMS, right. You have, you can create two folders, a primary folder and a general folder. Everyone who's in the middle of a conversation with me. And that includes people that like received a lead magnet, and are like, I want to follow up with them. Like they're in my general folder. So it's like when I'm doing my follow-up, I go into my general folder and I make sure that they're all taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then people who are not in an active conversation, but just responding to a story or whatever it might be, they're in my primary folder. And I still respond to them, but it's just like, because I'm again, in the effort to not burn myself out, Mm -hmm. to know where my needle moving like activities are to make sure that when I'm connecting, like 
if I have a goal of helping one person a day, because sometimes I can't do more, like I'm just like everyone listening. I'm a business owner. Like sometimes crazy shit's happening. Like my, the one, my site got hacked, right? Like there was nothing else I could do except tend to that, but I still had one helpful conversation, right? Because I knew it wasn't going to take a long time. And I knew that was something for my business. That was a metric for success for me, right? I feel like I can pat myself on the back with social media. If I've had a a helpful conversation with someone, just one, right. It doesn't have to take a long time, but that's, that's the goal. And then after that, I can feel it out. Right. So I like to separate and then I'll do the general folder first. And then if I still have time, if I'm not, if I'm feeling good, then I'll go down the primary folder. But if not, the primary folder can take a few days because they're not in the middle of a conversation with me, you know? And you are the person doing that. You don't have someone else doing it. So I am, because this is one of the things where it's like with the human design thing, I I had to identify like where I didn't, I wasn't needed and where I was. This is where I personally decided I was needed. Mm -hmm. I have to say though, I did this for clients for five years. Mm -hmm. So I, you do not have to like, you have absolutely, you can absolutely delegate this, right? Absolutely. And because like where, where, how it worked for us is we knew the questions we were asking. We knew what each response led to. Like we had very in-depth conversations on what we were talking about on social, how I was to respond. If I wasn't sure, I would text it to my client and say, Hey, this was the question. Here's what I'm feeling. Do you agree? And then my client could say, yes, no, here's my added, or let me take care of this one. Right. But so there's always ways to do this. Right. And it, but again, for me, I found that this is where, like, I feel like everything else can be delegated on social media, the content, all this stuff. Cause you've got so much stuff people can pull from for most of us. Right. Or you can like send voice notes and be like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking for carousel. Like, and just explain it. And you, there's people in the world that are like, so good at creating content for me, what I, how I'm approaching this now is like most everything I will delegate except for that thing. Mm -hmm. And that is my personal choice, right? It doesn't have to be that way. But for me, I was like, this is where I shine. Like I am good. Like I'm in here to help people, right? I am a coach at heart, right? I love understanding what the problem is. And like, let's figure out a solution. Like this is going to be fun. Like rolling up my, like, that's where I like feel like I can really do good work, you know? So for me, my objective is how can I take the other stuff off my plate so that I, I don't feel like I don't have time for this thing. Right. So that's how I approach that. But I, but like, and again, I have a, a, a former client, right. Because I shut down my agency and she was saying how this was something I always did for her. Right. And so she was like, I was so panicked because I was like, how am I going to do this? Like Sophie used to do so many of these every day. Like I, how am I going to do this? And she started taking over it because she was like, I like, I just, I'll find someone, but I don't know when I'll find someone. So I'll just do this for now. She started taking it over. Her conversion rate skyrocketed because she basically did that. She delegated the other stuff because she found it easier to find a content creator. And she showed up for the conversations and she just saw massive shifts. And it's so sometimes we think we can't like do that. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's just about like trying it on, practicing, like, getting used to it. And then suddenly, bam, you get something's clicking, right? It becomes less work. It becomes less overwhelming. You have a goal of just having one a day. Suddenly you're doing 10 and it doesn't feel so bad because it doesn't feel as new because sometimes the things that feel exhausting are actually just exhausting because they're brand fucking new. 
And when they stop being new, it feels way more doable. Mm. So just questions to ponder if anyone's feeling like, oh my God, no way, I can't do that. That sounds like way too much. Mm. I I would, I would, I urge anyone feeling that to try it for like 30 days maybe mm. and just see how you feel at the end of the 30 days because I used to think that too. And it really feels so different now. Mm. Cool. I'm shaping up this whole like 30 day challenge for myself in my head of like doing that, doing, do you follow Simone soul? My gosh, someone just mentioned her to me today. And I, I do not, I've never heard of this person today. She has this podcast where she talks about something called the garbage post challenge. And it's posting something for 30 days, just one thing every day. And it like does not, the goal is not engagement or going viral or even like getting clients or customers. It's literally just building this habit of being comfortable with being imperfect and be social and like putting it out there. So I've been oh thinking, my God. About, yeah, doing that. And, and, and then, yeah, hearing you talk about like that, it feels hard because it's new. Yes. And that's so true. Like for so many things. Yeah. For so many things. I'm also loving this garbage post challenge or whatever you just said. That's so genius. And I, I have to say something I always tell my clients, like, or my members now inside of what the heck to post, like, They will, you know, be saying like, oh, you know, I like, I don't post anymore because I'm not getting engagement or because I'm not, this isn't happening. That wasn't happening. So I posted for a few days and then I stopped. Right. And in my head, I'm, I, I I always say, I'm like, we have to build the habit before we can refine, right. We cannot refine what we're doing until the habit is built until it feels easy for us. Right. So it feels even doable, not even easy, but just doable. Right. And so that this is, that's such a great challenge. I wish I had thought of it myself. Um, because really that is what that's about, right? Like building the habit so that when you get to the 30 days, first of all, now you even have data to look at, so you can make some like marketing decisions, right? I have people sign up for VIP days with me and they're like, this is what I want to know exactly what to post. And I was like, okay, so let's take a look at your data. And they're like, oh, well, well, first I need to know what to post and then I'll have data. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, (laughs) the data tells you what to post, right? Mm. So I'm like, we need to have that, right? So, so much of that is just like putting stuff out there. And also once it is, it is crazy how this works. Once you get into that flow, suddenly creativity comes, right? Mm -hmm. Like once you're taking action, suddenly you get an idea, like not all ideas are going to work, but you're, you start to tap into the fun part of it, right? Because the hard part showing up to do the do, right? That is the part that was feeling like a huge weight off your shoulders. When you can take that off your shoulders, now it's replaced with like the fun part of it, right? Because it's now it's like, how are we going to make this fun for me? Like, oh my gosh, that was so fun when I posted that reel and this happened. I'm going to try to do that again and see what happens, right? So that's like the other thing why I love that challenge. Like build the habit before you start judging your results, before you start getting in your head. So often the results we think we should have are actually just unrealistic expectations. And when we start doing thing, we realize that we're like, oh, this is what I should be expecting. So if I want more of this, these are the action steps I need to repeat or do more of, or do less of, or whatever it is so that I can like, now there's a mathematical equation that can be had, right? So we can figure out what to do and what not to do. So I, that's such a genius challenge. Oh my God. 
Love it. <laughs> um, I have two more follow-up questions. Okay. Um, one of them, and I hear this a lot from people is like, which platform should I be on? And so like, what, what platform should, should they be on? Another question I have for you is just sort of around how your strategy might be different for high ticket versus low ticket, since that's like really what you've got, you know, got this year of, of data, 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 however you want to say that now for it. But yeah, what I know what I tell people about what platform they should be on, but I want to know what you say, because I just should talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. So I honestly, like, I think that the platform, like, okay, I'm going to get, be more specific in a second, but first I'm going to give a general answer, right? I truly think, and this is probably the, a very unsexy answer, but I truly think it just, it depends on where your ideal audience is hanging out, right? And your ideal audience is just not hanging out on all of them. And I have come to that conclusion by asking my ideal fucking client, like literally not guessing and just being like, yo, I like, you're the person type of person I want to work with. What social media platform are you on? I'll ask like 10 to 20, let's just say, right? They don't have to actually be working with me. They can just be on the internet. One of my one a days that, and I, I will just, Hey, PS, just curious. What platform do you like to hang? Like, it doesn't matter. Right. But I will ask them and I will see what the most common response is because I really want people to get in the habit of doing things well. And that really is like, if we're going to put all of our energy into a platform, we're going to, we're going to kill it there. If we put a little bit of energy into like all the platforms, we're just going to do a so-so job. And in this world of online business, like if you are going to stand out from the crowd, if you're going to break the noise and like really come out and be like, oh my gosh, like people are going to be like, holy crap, like that's this is exactly what I've been looking for. If you're going to be that person, stop being like a best kept secret, you really do have to kill it. Mm-hmm. People are killing it. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean flashy content. That doesn't mean any of that shit. It just means honestly, like, fully embracing yourself online and letting that be whatever that is. Like we feel that energy, right? And when you can do that consistently and unapologetically and not like you're trying to do what everyone else is doing and, and just whatever the fuck that looks like, that is when we start to say, Oh my God, like I'm hearing this message now because like, that's how we break the noise. So for me, it really does depend. Where is your ideal audience hanging out? Show up there. Well, and specifically and intentionally. And that's the best way to go about this. Now, if you're like, my ideal client hangs out on all of them. Like maybe we're like targeting, like, I don't know, a younger generation and they really are. I mean, maybe they're less on Instagram now and they're on TikTok, but they are kind of like, they're on whatever pops up, they show up on. Like if you're like that, think about your objectives, right? So for example, TikTok right now, like there's a lot of traffic to be had on TikTok. And every day that goes by, it's going to get less and less because it's going to be the less, it's going to not be as shiny of a thing as it was when it first started, right? So right now, if you're like, oh my gosh, my top priority is I want to build my email list. I want to build my audience. I want people, I just want eyes right now. I'm not even trying to build, fill my roster. My roster is filled, Mm. but I plan on launching a course in like three months. Right now, my objective is audience growth, list growth, just eyes on me. First of all, don't forget to pitch the podcast, get in front of other audience. Like, don't forget to do all those like high quality audience building things. I call those slow growth strategies because you're not going to go like viral overnight from doing a mastermind talk for 10 people, but all those 10 leads are going to be highly specific to what you coach and way more likely to convert for you. Right. So don't forget to do the slow growth strategies. 
But also TikTok could be a fantastic place for you to grow your email list because you can get like 50,000 followers in three months over there right now. And if you're consistent with your lead magnets and how people can dive into more of your content, like that's probably a better place for you to be putting your energy than Instagram three times a day, where a lot, which a lot of people do, right? So know what your goals are and whatever decision you make, make sure it is intentional, right? Know what you are trying to get from the platform and where your audience is hanging out. And usually if you can answer those two questions, it becomes very clear where you need to be. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay, bounce around. I'm, I'm going to join your membership though. Cause I'm like, I have more questions. This is my, <laughs> my selfish time. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's really great. And that I like what I tell people usually is actually not either of those things, but it's like, where are you going to be able to show up? It is. Yes. Where yeah, are your that's people a good hanging question, out? Yeah. But like wh- wherever you can show up. And I think it goes along with what you said, like do one thing and kill it, you know? Yeah. It's like wherever you're not going to be hiding all the time is probably better than like doing the, except for for Shanti, because she'll feel so accomplished if she struggles (laughs) through it all day. (laughs) But maybe that's a different goal. (laughs) (laughs) That's my, that's my problem is I'm like, either I'm all in or I'm out. And it's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible with social media. So like, You've talked about consistency often, how like people have this obsession with consistency. And I pine for you to just tell me that consistency doesn't actually matter that much because I'm so inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, this is such a good question because I often say that, first of all, consistency there's like a myth around consistency, right? Consistency doesn't mean you have to do anything daily. Do you know what I mean? It just means that you're not, it's not like when we do hear from you, it's not like, oh, where did you come from? Like, we don't want that to be the reaction. Do you know what I mean? But like, for example, Garrett, like I said, with my, when my husband had a stroke at the same time, this is so, like, it sounds like a, just a big fat, fat joke. But while my husband had a stroke and had like lost his short term memory, my dad had cancer, stage four oral cancer, and my mom had breast cancer. And I, and then me and my sisters are just like trying to hold it together, but they don't have a husband who has no short term memory. So it was just like, oh my God, what is happening? Right. I have to tell you, posting consistently, consistently was like the biggest like waste of my time. I was like, there's no fucking way I'm posting every, I don't give a fuck. My husband, just told me I need to check my hair dryer to find my car keys. Like there is no way content matters to me right now. You know what I did instead, I let my, I don't think I posted for an entire year. Okay. Just to give you like full context. Like I, I might've posted like three or four times like randomly. And it was usually a, like, it was an update on all my life. It wasn't because people knew I was very honest. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be here. This is what's going on. So I was very open. I'm like, I tend to be that way. So it was mainly like a life update, but I did not post new content. I didn't post tips. I didn't email my emails. I didn't have fucking time. Like what the fuck? What I did do is I showed up every day and had a genuinely helpful conversation while my husband was taking a nap when he fell asleep. Like I knew it was going to take me five, 10 minutes. So sometimes what I would do is I would, and this is actually something I forgot to mention earlier. So I'll mention it now when I have these conversations and when people say, this is something that I'm struggling with. Right. And I give them a lead magnet. I have a spreadsheet where I do write them down, right? I write their name. I write their handle. I write the thing that they're struggling with. 
And the reason that I do that is when I am in desperate, quote unquote, need for a client, or when I want to make a shift, or I'm like, you know what? It'd be really good to have 10 new members today, right? I go into my spreadsheet. I look at the people that I have been nurturing relationships with. And I say, Hey, like, I remember a couple months ago, you told me that you were really struggling to sell in your DMs. I'm actually, and again, I'm making this up, but I would obviously think of this through depending on what was going on in the membership. But I'm like, you know what? It's interesting. I'm actually doing a free webinar next month about selling in the DMs. And I remember you telling me this was an issue, a problem you were trying to solve. Do you want to come? It's totally free and I'd love to have you, right? Again, they're thinking like, holy crap. First of all, a couple of things are happening here. First of all, I'm in communication with this person from a few months ago, right? So relationship-wise, I'm not just some like random cold DM getting them into my webinar. They, I've already helped them. I remember what they're struggling with. So there is some trust built into here simply because I took the time to put them on the spreadsheet and give them something that actually serves them, right? So there's actual trust here. The second thing, because they I was there on my spreadsheet, whenever I can't think of someone to engage with, like, oh my God, I don't have time to post something. I don't have a little... I can go to my spreadsheet. I can check in on someone from a couple months ago. Hey girl, I remember you were telling me about that thing. Like, how's that going? Or, oh my gosh, I just saw you post about the new offer. That's so exciting. Like, congratulations, right? Because sometimes just cheering someone on is value, right? It's just about, there's a relationship, right? So algorithm-wise, the algorithm's in my favor because every when we are communicating, when I post something, it will get pushed to this person simply because we just had a communication and that's how the algorithms work. Like if people demonstrate an interest in your content, your content gets pushed to them, right? So algorithm wise, I'm creating, I'm demonstrating a relationship to, to show the algorithm. You should push my stuff to this person. I'm creating a genuine relationship with this person where we're having a conversation. I'm showing them that I remember them from a few months ago and I'm giving them yet more value whether they convert or not, it does not matter. I am creating a community of loyalists, not followers. And well, whether loyalists convert or not, they refer you, they shout you out, they love you, like they are fans for life, right? And that builds a very generous community of just wanting you to be successful because you want them to be successful, you know? So I create, I have this launch spreadsheet where I keep track of what people are struggling with so that I can follow up with them, invite them when I have launches, like give them personal invitations to programs I have, like think about them. And when you mentioned like, what's the difference between the high ticket and the low ticket, to be honest, it's really about the conversation that I'm having, right? So when I know what they're struggling with, right? I like, that's where it shifts depending on what we're talking about, right? If it's a high ticket conversation, I know they need to get on a call with me and we need to have a conversation about it because I really want them to feel supported. It's a big decision. I want them to feel like all of their questions are answered. And I personally know from my own like sales stats that that type of conversation is done best like this, right? Face-to-face where I can actually support them and they feel supported. So if, if I know it's a high ticket offer, like that's what my goal is to get them on the phone, right? And again, I don't care if they convert. I, you have to, for me, it's not about that, right? For me, if they leave with clarity, I have done my job. That's all I care about, right? And I think that's important whether you're selling low ticket or high ticket, right? It's not about making the sale. It's about helping them make the best decision for them right now and truly letting go of what that looks like and letting go of any expectation on yourself. Like, you know, 
if it's a low ticket, I find it easier. I can just go back and forth and DM. I can use voice memos. So people are still feeling supported, but it's more back and forth through the, we don't need to get on a phone for that. You know what I mean? So I honestly think the only difference for me that I have seen, because it's all about listening. It's all about making connections. It's all about truly making a recommendation. Even if that recommendation is not your program, there have been times where I've been like, do you know what you, you need to know my friend. She is selling this program. This is best aligned for where you are right now. I highly recommend this person. Let me know if you want want me to make a connection for you. I'm not going to sell my program at all. I know it's not right right now. Mm. Right. So if all those things are in place, whether it's high ticket or low ticket, but I find like where we talk about the sale can be, can shift. I I hope that answers your question again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Just really beautiful answers. I have so much to think about and I'm sure our listeners do too. So yeah. Thank you for going so in depth on that. I feel like, I feel like so much of what we've been talking about is actually really actionable. So that's amazing. Boof. Yeah. Yeah. We're usually I, I just like that. nuanced philosophy, like, okay, guys, now go <laughs> sit quietly in a corner and think <laughs> 45 minutes. I, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I, have a, I have another question, actually. So act, to be fair, I led uh, how to get find out, found online for a community that I'm a part on thing last week. And it was really just workshopping because I'm like, actually, I hide online. Um, but <laughs> one of the things one of the dudes said, Franklin, shout out because uh, me and Shanti knows him and he, he loves the podcast. I'm sure he's going to love this. So one of the things he said was like, my people are on Facebook and being on Facebook is really hard on my nervous system. Mm. I was like, yeah, you need nervous system tools. Like, I mean, the yoga teacher I am, I'm like, well, and he has them, but like what? I think that's hard for lots of us, you know, like comparison, comparisonitis. And, um, I don't really use social for my business right now. Although I'll throw some stuff up there. Sometimes I'm like that person that you talked about who needs to be on TikTok, And I'm like, Oh God, I knew it, but, um, <laughs> like booked out, but wanting a list. So yeah, yeah. will you, I mean, I, this must come up in the membership, like how, mm-hmm. and maybe it's not like my, like Franklin is very aware. He's like, my nervous system yeah. doesn't like this. Most people might just be like, Oh, I'm afraid I can't do it. Or I want to vomit after or whatever. Yeah. Right. So do you have, and I know we're going long now and I could keep you here forever. So I'm not going to, but do you have any, <laughs> any wisdom to offer our yeah. listeners for that? Yeah. And, and I, and I think, so here's a thought here, right. For Franklin. Yeah. Um, Franklin, I think that a question we have to ask ourselves is, is just to get re in touch with why we're on Facebook, right? If it is to get in front of our, our, our ideal audience, they're not only going to be on Facebook. They're going to be listening to podcasts. They might be, they might be, they might like emails, right? They might be, I don't know, maybe on someone else's Facebook page, right? So how can we get in front of them thinking beyond the content? So for example, I understand that being on Facebook is a lot for you. And so I, I want to, I want you to ask yourself, like, what is the amount, like, at what point does it get too much? Right. Cause usually like it starts out. Okay. And then, then there's like a point where it's like, oh my God, this is too much. Maybe it's like, you can, you feel okay posting once a week, but not five times a week. Right. So get in touch with that response. And if it's once that is your posting, like that's your goal. It's once a week, right. At what point does it get to be too much? Now for the rest of the week, because the reason you're on Facebook is to get in front of other audiences, right? 
how can we, can we pitch to podcasts? Can we show up on the podcast where your ideal audience is listening? Could you post once a week on Facebook, but then do joint Facebook lives with other audiences that have your ideal? Like, do you feel okay talking about the topic that you're an expert on so that you're showing up in these other places? You're still actually showing up on Facebook, but you're not generating a post. You're not responding. You don't feel like you have to like sit there forever responding to comments or whatever it is that's getting, you know, you know, feeling hard for you. Right. So just consider like where else you can be showing up in front of your ideal audience. And that might be like, Hey, I'm really active with my email list, but, and I feel great on my email content. So now my objective is how do I get people on my email list? Right. Facebook can be a part of that, but maybe you want to do like an email swap. Right. So for example, I do this all the time. I'll say to a friend, like, I have a really juicy lead magnet. It's going to help your, your audience do X, Y, and Z. How open are you to sharing my lead magnet with your audience? And I know what you do and how helpful you can be for my audience. So I'll share your lead magnet with my audience too, right? So now we're doing a swap, getting in front of new people, bringing them to the place where you don't feel anxious or don't feel like, oh, I hate being here, right? And we're and we're building it out that way and creating consistency there, right? Again, it doesn't mean that we are going to delete Facebook or like not be there at all. We want to be discoverable there, but we're understanding where our, where our limits are and how we can work around them. So it doesn't feel like we're absent, but it also feels like safe for us, right? To be there however often we want to be there because we're still building connections and community in another way. That would be my, I think without knowing all the information and looking at all the analytics and stuff, I feel like that would be a good place to start. Really great. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for the question. Even though I know he didn't ask it necessarily, (laughs) but thank you for that. I love, yeah, he did. Thanks, Franklin. (laughs) Yeah. Franklin will send this episode straight to you, Uh voted to you and to everyone else who has ever struggled with social media and, or just wants to get better results. Check out Sophia. There are so many amazing resources that you have out there. Your Instagram is one. So at Sophia Para, right? You mentioned a masterclass earlier. We're going to link to the membership and there's this cool PDF too, that you have that's 12 strategies to find and convert your next client on social. So we'll share that as well in the notes. But what's the masterclass? Yes, so the master, I think that actually when we first connected, the masterclass wasn't out yet, which is why I probably, usually I'd probably give that to you instead of the PDF. Both are great though, whichever like you guys, however you guys like to absorb information. The masterclass is called How to Get Clients on Social Media even if you don't have a big following or lots of engagement. It's a very long title, but it's very clear. (laughs) And it's where I teach my clients on social system. And it's like the four part, the four phases, I believe, that I have seen all business owners have to go through if they're going to get clients on social. Um, It's very juicy. Like I said, what I mean by juicy is I believe in actionable steps. I'm not one of those people where it's like, oh my gosh, here's how to do it. But guess what? You can't do any of that until you buy from me. (laughs) So whether you, like, if you want to take a step further from me after you take the class, you have that option. But if you don't, you are going to walk away with strategies for creating actual conversation on the platform so that you can get more results on social media. Love it. And I can send you that link or I can share it right now too. I don't know if, how you'd like yeah. to do it. 
Yeah. yeah. What's the link? And then we'll put it in the notes too. Yeah. It's just getcoachsocial.com forward slash clients on social. Cool. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This was such a juicy conversation. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much. I can't wait to experiment. I'll keep you up to date on the garbage post challenge. Um, I was going to say if I do it, but I'll say when (laughs) I do it. And as well as the just 30 days of like having one conversation a day. I love that idea as well. Yay. I cannot wait to get an update on that. That's awesome. Yay. Thank you for being here. This was, yeah, this was a really excellent podcast if I do so say or do say so myself so yeah I'm excited to get to know you better and um you can expect me on your email list ASAP because I want both the masterclass and <laughs> so yeah thank you so much and thanks for listening guys bye thank you Whoa, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shantyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.